Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 46 of Dean Discussions, the podcast for players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host, Ryan Reeder, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Ben Bumhoffer. How you doing, Ben? Hey, Ryan. I am doing absolutely fantastic because today is quite a special day if you i mean i think so anyway i I don't want to speak for you it's it is a very special day um because we have the amazingly talented amy vorpal with us oh i'm the special thing i was like what what is special about today like it's tuesday it's It's tuesday Tuesday. taco tuesday okay sure yeah i mean i'm down to celebrate whatever (laughs) i'm also down to celebrate me hey that's what we're here for that's right (laughs) seriously we are very happy and honored to have you on with us this week and by golly do we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about we really do uh but before we get into that, let's uh, find out a little bit about Amy. So for those, those of us, uh, or for those listeners who haven't followed uh, your stuff or, mm-hmm. or may not know uh, some of the stuff that you've done in the D&D space, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you kind of got into D&D and some of the stuff you've been involved oh, yeah. with recently? Okay, cool. Well, I got in um, as, uh, at the beginning of college, my freshman year. And it was the first day I got there. My cousin was already at, at uh, the college at University of Oklahoma. And she brought a friend into my dorm room. We were going to all hang out. And he took one look at my dorm room, which was covered in Lord of the Rings posters and a Yoda <laughs> mosaic poster. Yes. And I'm talking about like nine different Lord of the Rings posters um, covering om- almost all of the wall space. And he was like, well, what's your major? And I was like, acting. And he goes, and you're a nerd. Boy, have I got the game for you. And <laughs> it, he, he basically did the math for me and uh, invited me to play D&D with him. I, th- I think it was that evening. If not, it was the very next day. And uh, we were off to the races. So that was 3.5 edition. And since then, I've played, I think, every single edition. Um, but yeah, obviously, that was many years ago. So I... I then had a harder time meeting people playing D&D out here in LA, uh, but it wasn't too long before I got involved with Saving Throw Show, and they were a bunch of, um, I, I guess, creators, and we we kind of jumped on the bandwagon. I think we were one of the first ones to stream live plays. We did it from my friend's garage, and awesome. uh, that was, yeah, so I, I had been streaming D&D um, live plays and doing other D, uh, RPGs, which turned into working at Geek and Sundry and Nerdist mm-hmm. and places like that, BuzzFeed. Um, and then I became kind of a D&D nerd personality <laughs> on, <laughs> online where I, I you know, if I, I, you, I don't know, how did that become a job title? But it was for a very long time. And that led me to actually DMing a whole bunch and DMing on on live streams, including for the guild and channels like uh, the Dungeon Run as well. And then, and then, kind of like uh, I don't know where we go from here. I got asked 
to write an adventure for actual D and D Wizards of the Coast, which is incredible. It's yeah, so cool. <laughs> it is very much like oh, I've peaked and now I die. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happens after that. And, and we're we are definitely going to talk to you and pick your brain on <laughs> yes. the on Candlekeep and, oh, and your adventure that. that you that you wrote. I uh, it, it's funny because uh, my first like. Um, exposure to to you was through dimension 20 which oh, yeah. i like dimension 20 is like i'm i'm a huge brennan lee mulligan fan and just just like his his stuff is just absolutely incredible and so uh you played in one of his uh games yes a for side dimension quest 20. is what they called yeah they yeah because it. it was only six episodes but we shot oh. him all over a weekend for the very, what a fun weekend oh it was such a fun weekend oh gosh it was basically like we all kind of looked at each other and were like so this weekend we just i mean we were playing D D for 10 12 hours a day it felt like college again. <laughs> it's amazing and that one uh for if anyone is interested is escape from blood keep mm-hmm. it's one of the best premises that i've seen on dimension <laughs> 20 i so absolutely great. love it it's so great yeah it's and then basically I, I ha- we have to tell them what it is. It's basically yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's basically Lord of the Rings turned on its head a little bit, but mm-hmm. or I guess Lord of the Rings going a little deeper because in poking holes in um, in Sauron, saying what if when when Sauron when the ring was thrown into uh, Mount Doom, um, how did that? affect Sauron and his minions because didn't they know there was this like loose thread that wasn't tied up and didn't everybody how did they not know that this was a possibility that could destroy Sauron it was this it's just this question that you know you just never ask yourself except Brennan Lee Mulligan did and we all played we all played the the cronies. We all played Sauron's cronies, but not really because that's some IP. So we made up our own. And I played Efink Murder Death, who was kind of like the the Galadriel for Sauron. So she was meant to be this um, soothsayer, fortune teller person who just never saw it coming. So innately, <laughs> totally flawed. <laughs> so she was a, a cleric. Um, uh, she what was she? She was a wet elf for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what was oh? It was a cleric. Of, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm like, trying to think. It's, it's like been a divination while. cleric. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but the, it's like like I was saying. It's it's incredible. It's only six episodes, so yeah. it's it's not like mm-hmm. a, a super huge time commitment. But if you want if you want to check something like that out, that is the beginning of the rabbit hole. That is definitely mentioned twenty. <laughs> yes. That's that's what got me hooked originally. That and breaking news, because yes, <laughs> good lord, are... yes. Oh, they have been very kind and cruel to me over at Dropout. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I run the gamut of emotions of how I feel about Dropout. <laughs> oh no! How am I going to be tortured today? <laughs> oh, good yeah. stuff. Um, well, let's, uh, let's dive in a little bit and, uh, start with talking about like the, the pinnacle. Let's, let's talk about Candlekeep mystery. So you actually. Careful, we only go downhill from here. <laughs> well, oh it, no, it's it, always uphill. Yeah, it's always like. <laughs> okay. Some might say that we're shooting for the stars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. Uh, uh, 
uh, blast off. Okay, so <laughs> spoilers. So uh, you wrote the level nine adventure, Candlekeep Destruction, mm-hmm. uh, spelled incredibly, incredibly interestingly. <laughs> yes, with all K's, and with it all was. K's. Yeah, that was. I had it. I had written a different title that was like very involved, but they still had all K's because I thought, well, it's Candlekeep. And I had written, uh, anyway, it doesn't really matter. I had, it was Candle Keep, but I wrote it all. It was like five words longer was the title of my book, but they all had K's. And so they made the wise decision of breaking it down into making it a two, a two word book. A two word um, book. But they kept the K's and no one, we never, no one really asked me why. And no one really questioned it. And then I read it and the editor had just given an, uh, like an excuse slash reason for why. And I was like, <laughs> that works. Cause I didn't that have works. a reason either. <laughs> <laughs> so just for our listeners, FYI, this, this may contain some spoilers for mm-hmm. the Candlekeep adventure. So just yes. be warned, be warned. It's been out for a little bit now. So, yeah, uh, but it's I what is the what is the process what was it like just getting asked hey would you like to write something for this anthology series yeah it was it was bizarre and so crazy and cool and very like I don't know it was it was so much a dream come true I didn't even know it was a dream that could be a possibility you know what I mean like those you know, uh, prayers or miracles that are answered that you didn't even wish for kind of thing. It was on that level. And I, uh, I, I, I don't, I thought I, Chris Perkins had tweeted out at some point, hey, anyone write RPGs? And at that point I had written two adventures for a thing called Dungeon in a Box, which is a subscription-based um, yeah, yeah, yeah. D&D uh, platform and I had written two adventures for them. And so I just replied to Chris Perkins, like, I think, yeah, I mean, I've written two adventures. Um, and also, you know, I've DM'd a bunch and I'm a D&D personality. And, and, it, and then ages later, like it had to have been a year later or something like that. It was not, I, I felt it's, it was hard to draw a line to that, but he, he reached out and I first thought, uh, wrong, wrong email. Uh, you, you messed up. <laughs> you couldn't mean me. And then they're like, no, seriously, pitch us something. Um, and I pitched them exactly what was written, basically, uh, just the kind of three sentence version of it. And they were like, I mean, he literally said, this sounds delightful and basically <laughs> gave it a thumbs up. And, and then I was off to the races. So the process was a first draft that uh, was 8,000 words and you had to, and you were able to include a monster if you wanted to. And you definitely had to include um, a map that was uh, pretty, pretty much how you wanted it to be. So, so I used graph paper and that was challenging too, because I- So you drew the initial map. Yeah, I mean, oh, cool. I, yes, it is, it is. And it is, it is pretty much what I, it is pretty much what I drew, but, but, you know, it's, let, let's like, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's hard to take credit for the art that's in the book because my map is, I'm, I'm not an artist uh, in, in the sense, I don't know, man. I, it's hard for me to take credit. <laughs> yeah. It's just really hard for me to take credit. I communicated what I wanted, I think, sure. pretty well. 
Um, and, and what is printed in the book is definitely a better version of what I wrote. <laughs> but the 8,000 words were, you know, whatever you wanted. And they, I would say that, I would say that 90% of what I wrote is, is what is printed. And they, the best, oh wait, so sorry, backing up. First draft, then you get approval or not, or notes, uh, which I got so many. And then you do second draft, <laughs> which is basically the final draft um, that you get to look at. And then they play test it with other play testers. And then they bring in the editor and, uh, and then Chris Perkins kind of uh, fiddled with it a bit too. So the good news, the good news is, yeah, 90% of what I wrote and, and especially the intention and definitely the tone was kept in place. And then you know, there was like 10% um, that made it just better <laughs> because what I, it was a process. And, and the mm -hmm. main thing that was, I basically had to do a page one rewrite for the second draft because the, it's just, it's just so different to write an adventure because as a dungeon master, the way I dungeon master is basically bullet points of mm -hmm. things and characters and locations um, and scenes that I want to happen. Yeah. Um, and I, and with this sort of thing, I guess as a dungeon master, you're also writing, you're writing it with the uh, main characters in mind. And with something like this, you are taking out the main characters it's also a letter to a dungeon master. You are not the dungeon master, you're the writer. So the infinite that the dungeon master has, I'm like, oh, I'll just see what happens in hypotheticals and um, improv. The writer cannot like predict or use or anything. You, the, as the writer, you are saying, this is what happens. These are where the enemies are. These are their motivations. Um, here's this very like Ikea based mechanical instruction manual. And now you dungeon master may use this for your infinite playground. And it's your job to put the main characters in it. And it's so back. So if I hope that makes sense, but it's oh, totally. very backwards. It's very backwards. So the, the page one rewrite, they were basically like, Amy, you can't, we don't, you need to say exactly what's in this room. You need to say exactly where the enemies are. You need to say exactly mm -hmm. who these, who, what the enemy's motivations are. You can't, I was doing a lot of hypotheticals, like. Um, like you were happens, prepping for a game. I was prepping yeah. for a game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was, uh, I'm lucky, I'm lucky that I was able to, you know, take the notes and, and reconfigure it, but it was not easy and it did break my brain. And then not to mention the, just the status of it and kind of the clout that goes along with it. Welcome. I mean, Jesus, like that's, that's so, it's so panic inducing, or at least it was for me. <laughs> so it was, it was, uh, you know, my boyfriend can attest. It was like, it was an intense emotional experience. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I got through it, but it was uncomfortable and difficult. <laughs> yeah. Lots of, well, lots of new things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it, it, I mean, compared to the stuff that I DM and it's, it is just really, you know, so much seat of your pants. It's like, okay, well, I think that, you know, this kind of thing would happen, but oh, they did this. Oh, this is going to totally shift everything this way. <laughs> yeah. And just having the idea of like, okay, it's, you know, this one adventure, it's a dungeon. We're setting up like this. This is the end goal. Like you, you're able to, it seems like anyways, in, in the, the written adventure really put more focus on the the you know the objective and the npcs that are in there and like give them so much more motivation to give 
um, other dungeon masters kind of more flexibility on their end on it. Yes. And that as a dungeon master, that is how I, if, if I'm, I don't really play a whole lot of um, written adventures, but I take inspiration from them. So even if I'm looking at a, a, a written adventure, I'm like tables, I take tables, look at the environments, look at um, some of the uh, magic items, some of the NPCs, but then they all jumble around into whatever yeah. the main characters want to do. But this one was, it's, it's also the other challenge was writing a mystery. So the other rewrite I had to do was um, you, when you're writing a D&D uh, adventure, you are writing it to the dungeon master. So you can't, your, your instinct is to write a story. And I'm putting that in quotes because an adventure is not a story because there are no main characters, which means there's no plot. Mm -hmm. So, and it's also a letter to the dungeon master. So you say, there is no mystery. The dungeon master needs to have everything <laughs> and know everything at the very beginning. So no mystery. Here's what the hell is going to happen um, at the end of this mystery. Everyone's going to find this out, but and we've given you ways to drop hints and clues throughout this adventure and, and within the environment of the story. But you can drop these hints and clues wherever you want. Here are the hints and clues. Here is the mystery that needs to be solved. And that's like within the first two paragraphs. Mm -hmm. And that is that as you know it, it, right i've written scripts as well and that no no you don't do that you you yeah. there's suspense <laughs> tension. so yeah it it uh it is it was brain breaking for so many reasons that's really cool and this this was a process right like these things are done like over a year in advance right oh, of the book coming out so frustrating because <laughs> yes like the, the one the one metaphor of like how long it had been is one of the writers went from an intern into having a full-time job at Wizards of the Coast and, wow. and it was like yeah yeah like we all we all you know got married and had kids within the time that this took to come out uh, <laughs> it's like the production right. babies credits at the end of yes! Pixar movie. Yeah. yes exactly yes it felt like such a long time so it was very it's very frustrating but worth the wait do you, do and you... then I have to tell you one of the best days of my life was when they <laughs> When they announced the book, um, they, you know, tagged us all on Twitter and there was a whole press day and everything got announced and we were allowed to talk about it. And everyone was so excited and happy. And that was amazing because nobody had access to the actual content. So no one could judge it or critique it. We were all just celebrating, <laughs> like announcing the great thing that is happening without any additional, um, yeah, no critics to weigh in. It was great. It was great. It could have been, because I could have written like a, a giant pile of steaming shit and no one could say anything because they hadn't read it yet. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, you feel like, do you feel like this is better prepared? Like if they came and said, Amy, we want you to write again. Do you feel like you'd be a lot better prepared now as far as yeah. like style and just the ability to, to do it? I do. Yeah. There was not, there was not much handholding. It was really just the notes, which thank mm -hmm. God, like Chris Perkins read every single word and it felt like he had detailed notes for every single line. And in that way, there was a lot of handholding because I've never received a document back with that many instructions. <laughs> um, but he's so thorough that I was like, not only do I get the overall vibe of what you're telling me, like you've given me specific things to change and, and I'm not used to um, edits that are that 
crystal clear. You mm -hmm. know, I'm used to edits that you leave the meeting and everyone feels really good because everyone weighed in and you're like, oh God, I have nowhere, no way to proceed <laughs> from here. But this one, it was just night and day. I was like, I know exactly, I know exactly how to fix this. Um, and I felt really, really, really good about it. And I, I think it showed. The, no. the, the real, the real like uh, tense moment was when they were like, great, we're going to send it out to play testers. And I was like, oh my God. Um, do I get another shot at fixing it just in case <laughs> like, the playtesters hate it? And they were like, no, we'll just take it from here. Thanks, Amy. And I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> so then the book comes out. It's an entirely different thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I am so lucky. It, it was definitely not an entirely different thing. And they used even the silliest, like I put some silly stuff in there. And, oh yes. And they, they kept it and they made, they even improvised some extra um, cultist names, which I was happy to see. <laughs> the, yeah. livestock, the livestock. The livestock. A, oh perfect naming convention in there though. You know, <laughs> crazy I, I, I came up with it and I was like, this is, this is just a recipe for comedy. Like there's no, there's no if, ands or buts about it. Like if you want if you if you need a tone if you need to set a tone for silly uh i don't know a better way it's <laughs> for those of you i i know it's a farm animal plus a farm export or a ranch mm -hmm. animal and a ranch export and that gives you things like horse egg and which is my favorite biscuit. by the way both of those are they're they're yes. my top two like don donkey biscuit was my donkey was my biscuit favorite. and i put in there i did put in their dog nuts and they changed it to alpaca macadamia nut i think and i was like that's fine that's fine but dog nuts never saw the light of day but if y'all if anyone wants to replace one of those or even alpaca macadamia nuts with dog nuts um you're welcome to they just couldn't print they just couldn't print dog <laughs> couldn't nuts. yeah print, bring those cells to print dog nuts so since the the adventure is kind of you know definitely like whimsical and fun and everything mm. did you uh have it or was it a challenge trying to like get it into Candlekeep, into like the the actual like D and D official world, or because it was you know kind of gnome related and things were silly, it just totally oh, yeah. like clicked. Um, it yeah, it totally clicked. And I think here here's the greatest thing in the whole world is that Chris Perkins was the managing director for the book, which he is a silly motherfucker. So I think <laughs> yes. so. So what I think happened is I. I, I, I really did, like, after I heard, so I'm, I'm down with it being the silly adventure now after the press has come out and everyone's written things. But, but while I was writing it, I did not think um, silly. I was thinking grounded adventure, here's my idea. Like, obviously we'll throw in some funny things, but, but no, like, this is how it would go. And this is the game that I would run. And then after reading it back and hearing feedback, I was like, oh, I have written a silly adventure, but it was never the goal. It was just, it, I was just trying to write what was in my brain. I, I, and I think I'm lucky because I do think Chris Perkins is silly. And mm -hmm. he saw, I don't know, uh, I, I don't know. He, he saw what he needed to see and, and just let me run. And that, that's just so great. But yeah, I, I guess, and I guess, I don't know that it could have gone any other way because I was really, really honestly trying to write an adventure that I would run. And I wasn't really thinking, oh, this is going to be so funny, except I did, <laughs> except for the cultist names. But then I was trying to explain to my friend, I was like, hey, everyone's calling it silly. And I thought I wrote like, a just, I mean, I guess it's silly, but it's kind of just a grounded adventure. And they were like, 
well, tell me about it. I was like, okay, the janitors in the candle keep um, are overthrowing. They, they want to protect books so much that they're going to launch their favorite books out in, into outer space. And there we go. They go, uh-huh. Nothing silly about that. And I was like, okay, now that I'm hearing it <laughs> out loud. Um, but they did in the first email that before even I pitched it, they were like, yeah, like feel free to break genre. Like don't basically write, write the adventure or pitch the adventure that you would want to play with your players. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I think it's just lucky that I, I have, that someone was there to go, I know who the, I know who you are, Amy, and I know what adventure you're trying to run. Mm -hmm. And I see it and I can picture it. And I do think it's fun and delightful. So yes, we're, we're going to keep going. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a, a big part of it too, is that it's a perfect example of just what D&D can be, you know, yeah. like, sure, it could be everything's Lord of the Rings and super serious, or maybe it's a little bit more, you know, whimsical and in fantasy, like with Hobbits yeah. and stuff, or we go into this is just darn fun. Who cares yeah. what, what the actual logic's going on? We're shooting a tower from a city <laughs> into space. I, I know. Mean, I even, it's great. In the writing, I even was like, okay, it's going into the astral plane. And, and Chris Perkins was like, no, it's not. It's going to space. And I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so yeah, like they were just down the whole, the whole time. And I, I felt like I never really got beyond the, the notes, which are just notes, but I, I feel like I never got a no. Um, well, that's that's super cool that yeah. it's nice to hear that they're willing to do those those genre type things and kind of get out of the this has to be stuck in this specific thing yeah. and they're willing to be flexible with those types well because they're D, D players too and mm -hmm. like you know like oh, chris perkins with acquisitions inc it's like oh they run the yes. gamut and they've made literal you know magic items and characters and, and monsters and npcs that that are that, that are just a big middle finger to um you know gary gygax and and it's it's awesome and that's that's what it should be because mm -hmm. at the core of it and it's it's written in the um the foreword for, for the player's handbook for 5e mike Merles is like f these rules seriously f these rules have fun at your table whatever that means and and mm -hmm. it's a game so obviously the main the main goal of the game is to have fun and i think i think I, yeah, I, I feel like I really, I really did that. Yeah, fun, fun first mentality. Fun first, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, one of the things I wanted to hit on, which I thought was super unique about this, was at the very beginning, you actually have a speak with dead section. Oh yeah. So I, I wanted to kind of ask you about that because that's that's kind of a very unique way to think about. Uh, oh, by the way, if there's someone who can speak with dead, boom, here's, yeah. here's some, some stuff that, that could go on because I, I, I guess I don't think about that no, a lot. It's, like it's until a I had a cleric in my campaign, they had it and I was just like, oh crap, I'm going to have to <laughs> potentially. Yeah, any dude they go I, I guess it's, it's good to think. So instead of thinking about, oh, what if they have this spell? What if they have that spell? It's more like, what clues can I drop and how, how, how might they be able to mm -hmm. get them? And also they're going to surprise you anyway. So it's more about, well, here's what's really going on. What are, what are some five bullet points that I can um, drop uh, at any time? And maybe they find it on a piece of paper, which is in the adventure. Maybe they mm -hmm. find it um, by interviewing one of the, the people, or maybe they find it by interviewing a dead person, or maybe they find it, um, where what was the other one? 
it was, I don't know. There, there were just multiple ways that they didn't have to explore everything or they could explore everything. And either way, they could come up with what was going on. And I feel like in every room, there's like a hint or, I mean, in some rooms, there's nothing, which is like, gotcha. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like you just don't know what they're going to do. And, and it's just kind of the way it's like it has to be written there just in case i guess but again if you're the dungeon master you can just read the the speak with dead section and go okay well even if they don't speak with dead uh give this dialogue or these um kind of things that are in this person's brain give it to one of the live people that they're mm -hmm. interviewing right now because that's sure. what the characters are doing or wow they found this um random thing because i i ran this adventure and it was it that that was a different that was a nut next level um, brain, uh, 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 brain fuckery. I don't know another, a better way to say it. And I'm trying not to curse, but, but you yeah, said I could. Okay. <laughs> but it's another level of fuckery to run the adventure that you wrote that was edited for D and D and it's, and, and it still surprised me because you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Characters, players, they do things that are effing nuts and need to be rewarded and punished <laughs> yeah no, like for example um when i was reading the part about the the like the kitty widgets and the, the skitter widget yeah. and everything and it's like yeah well if one of the players takes a kitty widget hostage they want to attack i'm like what like it, it just blew my mind and like oh. oh that's something that can actually happen that's right <laughs> yeah and and it's like how do you it happened in my game that happened too and i was like this is oh it ha oh my god there were so many things that i was like you've got to be serious. Like someone did a lightning damage to them and they absorb lightning damage. And I'm like, I couldn't make this up. You, you're, and, and she was a paladin or something and she like compounded the lightning damage somehow. And I was like, what? They take, they really take 60 hit points and, and beef up 60 more hit. I couldn't, oh my God, like I couldn't have planned that. And then, yeah, if you've got a kitty widget, it's called, they're, they're, uh, that's called a, the skill is called good parent yeah. and they just back the f off they're like wow you've got our, our kid we're not fighting you anymore um give us your, our kid back and it's like what and it's this weird get out of jail free card that the characters may or may not figure out ever mm -hmm. you know it's so cool yeah. i I'm, I'm obviously a fan of the stuff that i wrote so. Well, I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, like the, the passion that you put into it is it, I mean, it's, it's telling about how much fun and just exciting this adventure can be because yeah, it, and it, it is just so different. Well, it's also like I've played enough to know that, that there should be, yes, there should be, there should be a way to get, get out of a situation just by taking off hit points. That should mm -hmm. be one option. And then there should be like, three other role play options that that are just options that may or may not happen that the characters can figure out and then there's there's just got to be this open end for the the players to do something random and you're like ah oh, man that is just too cool we have to honor it yep to yep honor it. <laughs> i love it's it, it's so funny because uh, I, I love the little extras you put in because these is just the like the procreation of these <laughs> <laughs> machines. And not only that, it, at the end, it's just like, hey, 
just as a just as a note at the end, if the construct <laughs> population isn't cold, Candlekeep might be overrun by them one day. Yes, it's so <laughs> bizarre. They let me like they let me really mess with the lore of the Forgotten Realms. Like that's in D and D canon now, and it's like so cool, and it's messed up and weird and like so. I mean, the last it's like the last two pages. I had to think about well, what what would happen if this 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 because there you know when when there's the possibility of a rocket launching um yes. there or, or the possibility of not or it like kind of launches but goes the wrong way or it falls over or whatever there's just and then and then yeah these kitty widgets that can procreate you you just have to kind of go a little nuts with the on hypotheticals. I, I gotta say, speaking of hypotheticals, so okay, the gnomes are successful. They're in space. This is how much food they have. And then, yes. oh, and yeah. then they turn to cannibals. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't know if I can take the cannibal. I, I did not write the cannibalism. <laughs> I, I will definitely give um, the editor credit for that. But, that but the tone funny. is right. They just took that to the next level, and I was like, happy to see it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, was was the original pitch something like, this is we want this to be kind of standalone like one shot type thing but we yes. also want you to write it as like drop in a bowl they they said oh god what was it let's see let's see um they said they said it was one shots they said it was a mystery um the directors were it had to be a mystery it had to be based on a book that the characters found in, or mm -hmm. could find in the candle keep library and the book could lead them to another another location gotcha. um and i i just chose to set mine uh, within within, within Candlekeep Candle itself yeah. gotcha well you put a pretty good time limit on there too so it i mean yeah the ticking clock, ticking clock is something yeah the ticking clock is something that just from writing scripts it's kind of like I mean, you see it in movies all the time too, and it is a bit contrived, but but it's also very important because it makes it makes it so that the characters um, ideally aren't just like, well, uh, I mean, that's cool. Let's do a side quest, or who's this guy? I want to investigate this bush, or you know, like, mm -hmm. um, and it just keeps people on the path, and and that it's also it's also harder to write, but in a in a more in a good challenging way. And and ideally, as a dungeon master, you're kind of doing the math and the last when i when i ran it they split the party and they were just taking a, a they couldn't figure it out really and so i was like well every time we cut to you guys um talking together or whatever that'll be a minute and you have 10 minutes left so what is your conversation what are you doing they no one was fighting anymore they were just trying to figure it out and that was a minute great now we go to these people now we go to these people now we go to these people and and it was like it was an, a, it was motivated by the ticking clock, but I, I didn't, it's not like I wrote that mechanic. It's not even yeah. a real mechanic in there, but you just want to give the sense that like, yeah, this thing is going off and we have to track time somehow. And you guys are talking in a conversation and that does take some time. So mm -hmm. let's, you know, figure this out because I ultimately, ultimately there there are hypotheticals written for if it does launch and there are hypotheticals written for if it doesn't and 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 it's just either way but 
the, the main thing that I've also learned from D&D is just do anything because behind any door is adventure. So just mm-hmm. do it, do anything. Oh yeah. And if, if, if everyone takes all this damage, that doesn't mean anyone's dead. We've got some archmages in here. Like we can, somebody, when I was playing it, they were like, you can't give us that many magic items. I was, I was like, yeah, everyone can have two magic items. I don't care. And they're like, no, it's like, that's hard. And, and it's too much. And I was like, well, I wrote the adventure and I wrote it to be broken. Um, so I want you to break it. And, and also, also I would argue, I mean, this is getting into nuts and bolts, but a magic item, it, it, it may or may, it's never going to break a game because even if everyone dies, like send them to hell, you know, go to the infernal mm-hmm. realm. It's fine. Or, <laughs> but also magic items. I mean, you still have a turn, so you can, you can only do so much in a turn. And if you're going to use your magic item and everybody, you know, wand of Orcus or whatever, well, guess what? Now Orcus is, is talking to you. Like, it's fine. It's going to be fine. Adventure happens and we'll improvise and, and make do. So I gave that, that, um, I gave the person who was naysaying the magic items, I gave him the feather anchor, uh, which is a magic item that makes a ship immobile for 24 hours. And that includes a rocket ship. And I gave him that because I actually had that magic item written into the adventure and they took it out because they were like, this breaks the adventure. And I was like, interesting. I disagree, but I understand why you think that. <laughs> but I wanted a, a, a thing for like a character to be like, oh, a, a, a feather token anchor, um, put it on the rocket ship. And then what happens? Like, yeah, there's, I, mean, I, I can think of like four different possibilities just off yes, the top of my head of like, exactly. this is going to change it in so many different ways. Yes. Yes. The answer is adventure. Exactly. Um, so for those of you who might be running this campaign, why don't you throw a feather token anchor in there? <laughs> It's it is so cool because I, I remember when I was reading reading through the book and reading through this, the first thing that popped into my head was an episode of Twenty Four, where you had the the clock <laughs> oh. up in like the corner of the screen, and I was just like, I wonder how how interesting it would be to like run the one shot, and as soon as you got through the initial like talking and yes. the initial quest, you get to the tower to take out like a digital timer set to an hour and just set it on the table and hit start. Oh, that could be Oh fun. my gosh, what an asshole DM you are, but yes. <laughs> and then just like whenever, whenever you hit combat, you pause it. And right, then right. go in six yeah. second increments and okay. then you start it again. All right, like, you're, not, you're not as big as an asshole. Uh, no, that, that, that would be real hard. <laughs> like, but no, this is the so combat weird. too. But I, I was like, oh, that would, that was it just, that's, that's what hit me when I was reading that. I was like, that would be super oh, useful that for is one so shot. smart. That is that is so smart. I didn't even think about that. Oh, great. Okay, so now what we need to do is get together, run it with the hour time limit, and yeah, yeah. see how well it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah they... <laughs> next time, next time I'm, I'm in Arizona, we'll, we'll run this and we'll we'll do an actual perfect. Time. I like it. I like <laughs> it. Let me know how it goes. They wanted Definitely. me to run it before they actually released it, and I and I was really. I was against it and I was um, a little bit, yeah, I was, I was against it because I, I, I just didn't want to be, the, I, I figured if anyone was going to buy the book or, or read the book um, and, and maybe I was an impetus, you know, like, oh, let's read the Amy Vorpal adventure. That means that that person would probably, probably watch me run the adventure. And I didn't want to be the one, I, it was just so, I was so conflicted because I was like, 
if anyone, if any fans were out there buying the book because of me and they wanted to watch me do it, that would spoil it for them. But also mm -hmm. I was, I was getting some tweets that were like, maybe you can run it and teach me how to do it. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the, no, because that's not the way things go. You, yeah. you run it the way you want to run it. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I really am not, I'm not, I'm invested in so much as I want you to have fun. But other than that, I'm like, I know how this works. Like I'm not married to anything, you know, put a feather mm -hmm. token in there. I, I just don't care. And so I was already getting that, um, just a little bit of that vibe. And I was like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin this in any way. Um, my main priority for even doing this is, uh, is, is the, the little, the little light of fire of joy inside of me that maybe someone has fun on my account. <laughs> and that would be just, you know, then I could die happy because that's, that's kind of a really good um, life goal is to make other people have fun. So I, I can almost guarantee that that has happened multiple times since, <laughs> yeah. since this book was released. Oh, I love it when people tweet at me that they played it and they, and then their their players are giggling the whole time. I mean, there's <laughs> there's no one who's written that isn't like this was hilarious. So they I I think whatever I wrote just gives people agency to take matters into their own hands and um, add some dick and fart jokes in there. And it's totally okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it totally does just, again, just open up the idea that, Hey, D and D fun as well as adventurous mm -hmm. and you can do both at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well said. <laughs> Thanks. So um, did you have anything else you wanted to, to ask about the adventure, Ben? Oh man. I mean, like I have so many like tiny little like okay and this little <laughs> tiny thing is really neat and stuff like Aww. like there's a lot I want to call out that I think is like really creative and and fun and, and everything but I mean I don't want to waste your time by just nitpicking and you know giving too much praise because that's not a good look for me so <laughs> but but we can say if you're looking for a one shot that's mm -hmm. fun and level nine. Because mm. a lot of people don't get to play. I, like, I, I, that's one of the things I actually loved about Candlekeep when they first announced it was it was almost the full gamut, like one to 16. Yeah. And you don't see a lot of that higher level stuff like eight plus. Um, and so I, having that is just fun in and of itself. I thought I had written a level five adventure, which again, like it just goes to show how, how little I know about I don't know. It was, they initially assigned me, they were like, can you write 10 to 15? And I was like, Ooh, I, I can't remember the last time I even played a level 10 to 15, much less DM mm -hmm. for one. So I was like, I don't feel comfortable. I'm going to go for level five. And then they were like, you wrote a level nine. And I was like, okay. Depending on how many skitter widgets and how many, like how beefy you make the cultists and all of that. Mm -hmm. Sure. But I thought I had done the math that, you know, the little, chart that they give you but also it's a mystery so half of what the players are doing are role-playing i think solving the yeah. mystery yeah. So and, I, but there's I some cool role-playing spells at those higher levels too yes that you throw in that you don't get at lower levels yeah, I mean, heck, but again, per, uh, personally, I've said many times on the show, I'm horrible at balancing anyway. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, my characters or my players are level 10, but I don't know what I'm doing. I just kind of throw stuff at them and hope, you know, they, they have fun. So No, I have this, I have a, a sneaking suspicion because I've been playing 5e and it actually is really hard to kill players 
if if you're if you're good against, stories about that later oh okay but <laughs> unless you you're willing to do a combat that lasts an hour which i'm not i'm just not willing to do so i mm-hmm. but but that's my experience so i i i just can't I can't kill players because I get bored with combat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. And especially if, you know, you like you're saying about magic items, I've thrown so many yeah. magic items at my players because I'm like, hey, magic items are cool and fun and do new things. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. Like I said, yeah. at the end of the day, if you're having fun and your group is having fun, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That's, yes. that's, that's winning. It's winning. And that is what dandy is all about. Yay. Right. Winning. <laughs> winning. It's a, it's a competition. It's a competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who can win first? Yes. You... <laughs> <laughs> so, so speaking of just uh, winning D&D and games in general, you yeah. talked a little bit about the beginning at the beginning about uh, your your streaming games and your initial mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So we, uh, as someone who's lived in both those worlds of home games and stream games and stuff, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about like uh, the streaming type games versus home games, like the, the, the differences between uh, how you prepare as a player for one or the other, how you pre- prepare as a DM for one or the other. Is it more theatrical are you, are you more theatrical on a stream versus like in a home game because you know you're playing to an audience that type of thing i guess it's that's a really good question and the the main the the short answer is i don't really prepare all that differently because my goal is fun either way and uh, but the one thing that is that is night and day different is uh timing because normally for streams mm-hmm. Um, there is, it's normally three hours and there's a break in between. So I prep um, with the hope that I can guide people to a cliffhanger, a story cliffhanger, even I, I know they're the main characters and, dr- and driving a lot of it, but I hope I can guide them to something that's cliffy hangery around yeah. an hour and a half and then cliffy hangery around the three hour mark um, and, and be kind of a satisfying and so it's it's very i mean it's almost like writing uh a, a little bit of a script just be, and and then sometimes like the dungeon run they've got um, music people who who manage their music and the, they want to know what might happen so they can prep music for it and they know that anything could happen mm-hmm. but they want they want to know ideally what happens or the vibe of it and which characters might show up and because they've got their sounds that they want to use for um, constructs and, and mechanical creatures and then they've got sounds for the fey wild and and drama and comedy and lighthearted and um, and romance and so you just kind of I mean it's it, it it's a little bit more prep for streams that way because it is theatrical but mm-hmm. other than that I play pretty similarly for home games I even write you know my character I, I you know I use my ukulele a lot but I even though no one will ever hear the songs I still write songs um, for my home games I write them for streams um, it's just a way that I enjoy getting creative so it's it's not I, I guess the the other thing is oh god I mean the other thing is they wanted to use I don't, I do theater of the mind uh, more on streams and I use physical maps more in home games just mm-hmm. by nature of what, what's accessible and uh, easy. But I did try to do roll 20 and I just am not a fan. So I'll, I'll go on record saying that. I don't know who that, 
app is for. It's for someone who has five hours to prep a game. And I, <laughs> I really don't like it. Um, it's, it's interesting. I, I had that conversation on, on Twitter with a few people about um, like D&D during the, the era of the pandemic, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things where for me personally, online is great. I, I, I love that it's an option. I love that it's accessible. I love that it's allowed me to continue to play with my group and even start a brand new group yeah. uh, that is online only during the thing. From a DM perspective and from like a prep and energy drain and yeah. mind drain, online is so much harder than in person because of the, like the the technical stuff, mm-hmm. the 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 battle maps yes. and such. Because I I understand I understand some people can't do theater of the mind very well. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that there, also, some people yeah. have the spatial stuff that makes it hard, and it, it, that's fine. Like well, and also if you've yeah. got the spells with the specific, I mean, if you like want to areas play it, and stuff. Yes, yeah. if you, and if you want to play it like that, you should be. I mean, it's a great way to play. Um, keep going. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely agree. It's, it's that type of thing. So in a lot of ways, you feel like oh, I need to provide a, a map that they can put tokens on so that they can see their fireball radius, where the people yes. actually are, where that you know, tree is, where that fortification mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. Which is, which is great. But that takes so much more prep time online versus me just laying out a dry erase board yes. <laughs> and drawing and drawing yes. something out. So it's, mm-hmm. I am, I am very happy that I was able to do it, but I'm also <laughs> very happy that we're finally getting to a point where we can stop doing it and, <laughs> and go back in person. See, it's just why you need an overhead camera like I have. So I still oh, use ooh. miniatures and everything. Yeah. That's the, that's the smart. That's great. That yeah. is the way to do it. Yeah, I, I am do actually, love minis. Oh yeah, there's minis so much so fun. fun. I have too many to paint at the moment, but <laughs> it, yeah, it. I Probably love. We all have been. I love that. I, I've I gone did, to, and then I I had to give them away because I I got honest with myself and I was like, I have had these for six years, and I, I keep getting more, and it's a problem. I have painted. I think I had painted one, and I had I was sitting on like fifty, and I was like, all right, I. I need to be honest with myself and honest with the community and honest <laughs> with my players. And it's just not going to happen. So, so I gave them, I gave them to um, uh, just, just people who wanted them more. <laughs> it's a very good cause. I, I know I, I, I know they appreciate it. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've gone to like hobby stores and gotten like the, the miniature trees and stuff so that I have some, some stuff set up and well, I mean, it's, it it's is, not perfect, but it's fun. No, it's my favorite thing to do at cons rip um because mm-hmm. it's cons are such a social overload that when you're sitting and painting you're just like everyone, everyone fuck off. <laughs> it's like a good it's like the best excuse to participate in the con slash be antisocial, um which you know i need sometimes because it's like oh, almost yeah. not enough to go back to your hotel room and you're like mm, all right i guess i'm recharging um but to reach out, it's it's just a loophole. Like you're recharging, but you're painting minis, so you're still participating in the con. It's yeah. yeah, totally I, makes sense. I I don't know about you, but I've had that because uh, I I would consider myself an 
introverted extrovert. So yeah. you, I can extrovert for a while yes. until I can't yes. anymore. <laughs> and then I just shut down for a little yes. while. Yes. And that's, that, is Bli- that is BlizzCon. Like, oh, yes. Yep. I would, I'd go. Like, I'd I'd have, disappear like, for an hour or so. Yeah. <laughs> so like toward the end of the day, it's just like, I'm going to go back to my room. Yeah, a little bit. Oh my <laughs> god, I just love nerds because we're all the same. We're just like, <laughs> okay, I can, I can do it. I can, I can do it. I can really do the thing, and then I cannot. Hundred <laughs> percent. Except for like the one person out there who's like, "Come on, guys, let's go do everything all together at the same time." It's like, no, <laughs> yeah. thank, no. But thank goodness for that those people exist because they they make me take a lot more <laughs> a lot more risks than I would yes. otherwise. Yes, <laughs> very true. It's I very just true. I'm operating on a different level than they. Are. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So true. Um, so one of the things you mentioned. Um, that, that I love was the, the, the time constraint thing. Do you mm. have, for people who are running more time constrained games that say like, oh, I've only got two hours or I've only got three hours and we have to keep this pretty strict. Do you have yeah. like tips or tricks yes. you could give for, for actually hitting or directing to those points that are actual good, <laughs> good stopping points instead of, oh crap, well, you're in the middle of a field okay you walk uh, off the path the t- and yep. um we'll pick it up tomorrow hit the time yeah. line, guys sorry <laughs> yeah i would say um first of all you can always brainstorm a cliffhanger because uh a lot of times whatever's happening in the background with your baddies and the just i don't know what the environment you know like oh the volcano is about to explode or whatever it's like fucking just have the volcano explode at the end of the episode and then that's the cliffhanger so you don't you um contrive all you want everyone knows what you're doing like you're not you're not faking (laughs) anyone out that if if they're actors or any version of storytellers they're gonna play along um they want they want that too like we're trained as tv watchers to want and need that uh, so you playing into that is not, you're not surprising anyone, but you're also not disappointing anyone. You're just, mm-hmm. you're giving everyone what they want and need as co-storytellers. Um, the other thing is, uh, I would say combat should take no more than an hour, but that's a solid hour that you can plan. Um, and then and then if you have any other like encounters with role play, I would say that's a half hour. So I always try to come up with six scenes for scenes for um, three hours and then I'm good. And the scenes entail um, interest, always always the scenes entail at least one, but sometimes only one memorable NPC. And sometimes that's all you need. The things that I have to write out are descriptions of environments because I just, and it's, and it's worth, it's worth planning out the size of the environment. So 50 by 50 feet or it's 20 feet or like how, how tall the ceilings are. It's just worth knowing that kind of stuff. Uh, the height and width, all the dimensions and then how it's lit or, or if it's not lit, what is actually physically in there. And, uh, and, and once you're there, I think, I think that's kind of, if you want to be lazy and bare minimum, which sometimes I do, that's plenty. Because those are the types of things that c- commonly players will ask about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How big, what's in here? How, and, how tall are the ceilings? Yeah. <laughs> and the last, the last thing is uh, doors and what they're made of and, and the, the difficulty check for a, an athletics check to break it. Because, mm-hmm. um, 
that's kind of, I mean, yeah, man. Like, is it, is it, is it made of metal or wood? What's the, yeah. What's the, the DC. Okay. And then, and then the, and then what the DC for thieves tools, I guess, but you know, if they get high enough, yeah. like everyone's got some, a rogue is like, I, I just auto get a 25. Normally that's a DC 20, but it's actually a mimic this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just the lock yeah. though. The door is still there. Just the lock. <laughs> yeah. And I also, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, yeah, you get your thieves tools out. Um, and you accidentally lock it because it was already open, you <laughs> assholes. <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> doors are like, I mean, whatever. It's, it's, yeah, if you just kind of come up with those minimal things. Um, and then the, the main thing is when you come up with an NPC, even if you're doing a bare minimum, come up with like some uh, version of a character. I normally go to cartoons like, oh, okay, who, what cartoon? Because that's the easiest way I can get into a voice is like something really silly. And then, um, and then the main thing is what, what they want and what they want to protect, um, which could be their pride, but it also could be another human. It's like a way to give them a, a free secret that um, maybe they'll pull out and maybe they won't. So it's just asking those basic, basic, basic questions. Um, is a really fun way and you can with with all of those you can pretty much plan a six a three hour six scene um campaign or adventure in god is an hour the other the other thing obviously like i'm a big fan of naming things so have a little document of fun names um including shop names including and obviously including npc names uh location mm -hmm. names that kind of thing um, yeah, that's it. Definitely. I, you know, yeah, that's good. I, I, those are all fantastic, um, you know, bits of information, but the one that I, I really want to glom on is the, the NPCs giving them like, you know, just those two characteristics Yeah, you can build so much off of that in just how they, they act, how they respond and everything, even if it has absolutely nothing to do with like, say the thing that they want to protect and mm. it, actually turn some of my just you know rando npcs into someone that's actually like really like full of depth and important to the characters in fact i have a shopkeeper that i had just you know she was going to be completely just throw away you know old woman elf used to be an adventure now i've got a full backstory for her and like she's helped out on adventures and stuff uh, because that's awesome. it's you know just this tiny little thing i wrote up on yeah that'd be kind of cool and then they fell in love with her so i'm like We'll bring her back. She's cool. So yeah, yeah, that's the thing is you just don't know what the players are going to love, and it's normally the thing you have least prepared, and it's it's worth knowing that because then why prepare anything? You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they want to improvise and they want to make you improvise, then just give the people what they want. Like yeah. make, they want you to make stuff up because they want you to be making stuff up with them. So make stuff up. So yeah. I, I never really go to. It's like the, the character that I'm like, ah, yes, I have a five page novel, uh, a short story about this person. And they're like, oh yeah, F that guy. What's that weird guy? You mentioned a, a gnome with, that looked like a teenage guy with acne. What's his name? And you're like, the, the, the James, James the gnome, Jimmy, it's Jimmy. And they're like, yeah, Jimmy. And you're like, no. Yeah, I love, 
Oh, go ahead, Ben. It's one of the reasons why uh, one of my, my, my bard in my party loves to cast speak with animals because one of the horses <laughs> talks like a valley girl. Just as simple as that. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I love that you mentioned like cartoons because yeah. one, of, one of the best, best things for NPCs is drawing from stuff you're reading, stuff you're watching, yeah. stuff, stuff you like, popular culture. Like uh, there, there's one I was just watching through uh, and this was a while ago, like season two or three of Castlevania. And so one dude was, it was just Belmont, just this like, like fighter, sarcastic, like dude that that's like super monotone. And it, it's just like, it, it was a random one I had to think up. And I was just like, I've been, what have I been watching lately? Castlevania. Oh, Belmont. He's funny. Just kind of <laughs> <laughs> yes. pull him in. Yeah. Yes. It's always enough. Steel, 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 yes. steel, 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 and reskin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, when you have actually uh, been a player in different streams, do you find that to be kind of different or challenging as well compared to you know just playing in a home game? Mm, no, nope, identical. Because I'm same thing. I'm just trying to make my friends laugh, and thank God that most of the people I play with on streams are my friends. And I, 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 I know about me now that I didn't know before that I, if you're trying to do drama, I'll go there for a little while and then I'll mm-hmm. break that tone real fast. And, <laughs> and if you want, and if like if people are casting, I mean, I guess I'm able to go full drama, but, but there, even for, a, as a dungeon master, I always, there was one, it was a, a paid gig. It was for a, the world of Asunder and they were launching their Kickstarter and wanted to do a stream. And it's like, it's this dark, gritty world. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, I will be honest with you. I, I, I want to take your money. Um, I might not be the dungeon master for you because I will, I, it's going to get, if I, I, yeah, I'm going to write somebody who, is like, where's my raspberry pie? Oh, if only I could have raspberry pie. And like, they're going to encounter that. And and it's, and, and anyway, they were like, well, maybe don't do that. But yeah, you're still the, the DM we want. And I was like, all right. But it, it, it just, it's just one of those things. I just know that about myself. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm gonna stinker it up. That's what. you know and again it's when you're a player play the character that you want to play i mean again it it all comes back to it's for fun yes yes and and speaking of those those types of gigs one of the things i wanted to just ask you briefly about since it it came up (laughs) uh just it's somebody else on on my twitter feed uh the D &D in a castle stuff oh yeah and so this is this is basically I, I had heard of it before and I kind of looked into it and it, it sounds incredible uh, if you have a few extra thousand dollars lying around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. More, more so because it's, it's legitimately in England in a castle and you go and you play D&D with one of these uh, uh, celebrity dungeon masters yeah. or, or whatever for like three days and you do yeah. this big campaign and you actually dm'd for i did and they and they really i mean it's not just dming because i want i i do it was awesome and every night there was something else like so these castles that they book they have these uh theatrical 
performances. So one night was a dinner murder mystery. Another was like this musical show um, combined with a banquet dinner where they taught you how to eat like an old medieval. So it was like this, it was like this two and a half hour experience where they would sing and then teach you like, this is the bread, you break it, but they would be singing and dancing the whole time and making innuendos and it was great. And then the last night we did an actual ball where we learned how to, so it's like- oh, cool. The it was an experience. Like it was an experience. Full-blown full experience. Yes. And, and we, I didn't get there in time to do the falconry, but that was a thing. They also have mini painting. They have arts and crafts like building dice jails. Um, and you are able to play total uh, 12 hours a day if, if you want. But what you're, what you're paying for is eight hours total with your um, celebrity dungeon master. And then the other ones are kind of uh, sign up as you go or optional um and and it, and yeah so they like take advantage of the environment mm -hmm. that being said when you're playing and they have they have like minis and all of that for you and and the dungeon master is able to like order what they want so that was kind of cool um but i will say when you're playing D, &D you are sitting at a table playing D, &D. like i i don't know what i was expecting i think i had my expectations a little too high <laughs> but i thought we would be like I don't know. I thought we would be like um, on the parapet or something. Yeah, well, <laughs> like LARPing, I guess. I don't know. Oh, okay. Like yeah. in, my, in my head, I thought <laughs> we'd like be walking around the castle. So I actually, when I found out that that wasn't going to happen, I wrote a little treasure hunt for my players. And that was like how that we, that was like how they traveled to get from one area to another. And it was just me wanting to like run around the castle and like <laughs> tape, Why not? tape things to different things. And that was my, um, contribution. I just thought, well, we're here in a castle. So I wrote little rhymes and like, you know, like for 10 year olds birthday parties where there's rhymes and you know, that leads to this other room that you, mm -hmm. you know, you know the name of it or anyway, there's a little bit of puzzle mystery, but I, I didn't have enough time to make it like superb or, but all my, all my puzzles rhymed and it was really cute. It was really cute. That sounds like so awesome. much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so awesome. Much fun. One, one couple, Quinn and Lauren, they uh, used it, they like, you know, invested in it because they were, it was for their anniversary. And I was like, oh, cool. oh my God, that's a lot of fucking pressure for me <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> to, to deliver the ultimate um, experience. But ultimate D&D experience yeah, for an anniversary. I, I would consider them friends now. That's the thing. It's like you're, and it's so funny because they were, Every other dungeon master was like, oh, oh, I know, you know, they would sign up for different games and they were like, we all, we all knew who um, Amy's table was because they were not going to play the game that we wrote. And like <laughs> somehow, somehow I got all the, the silliest, weirdest players. Um, and it's just so funny to see like, who's signing up for my table? Oh, is it the effing weirdos? got it <laughs> you're in the right space babies we're gonna play some weird D&D oh, yeah. sounds fantastic oh it's so cool it does sound like such a and, and the food day. is like <laughs> like the, the teach to eat like medieval is basically just like all hands right yeah yeah it was a lot of using bread to you know scoop things up scoop and things then up. and then other than that like meat and you, yeah use your hands it's awesome very cool. Okay. That is that is so cool. So, well, uh, oh, go ahead, Ben. Is there, oh, no, I was going to say, it sounds like a, a much better version of medieval times. Much better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. You're, you're not, 
you're you're just in you're in you're in this environment where everyone is like-minded the best part too is at the end of the day they they give around dinner time they give everyone a chance to say what happened during their game and <laughs> i mean that's all we want to do is talk about what happened at the table and how silly things were and and the big the big moves that we all made and the tpks and so it just it gives it gives everyone this like platform uh, to announce like, oh, this character really messed things up. And everyone's like, yay. <laughs> so it, it's cool to know what the other tables were doing as well. That's, you know, that's super cool. And it's perfect because that is one of the best segues that we could possibly have to <laughs> our, our end of show. But really before we, we jump right in there though, uh, Amy, tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that you're working on, anything that you want to promote. We want to hear about everything that you will are willing to share about what's coming out yeah. in the future or anything that you've recently done. Okay. Well, I, the main thing I do want to plug, so thank you for this opportunity is I am going to be releasing an album and I, I'm going to kickstart it. Um, I'll launch it later in August. So not there yet, not, not really ready, but I'm writing songs and, um, kind of looking at old songs and I'm putting all those on my YouTube, which is youtube.com slash the noble Amy. And I have a website. I don't know when this is going to release, but I have a website uh, launch at, at the beginning of June. So June 3rd, I think is when, when that actually goes live and it's amyvorpal.com. If you go there now, that's great. It, it does exist and it is it is shit-tastic, <laughs> but I'm getting, it's getting a, a whole new overhaul. And there is where you can either subscribe on YouTube or um, kind of sign up for my newsletter. And you can do that at the website, amyvorpal.com slash contact. But either way, um, if you follow me on anything, it's at Vorpal Sword. And of course, I'll be announcing all kinds of ways uh, that you can support me uh, with either a retweet or a follow or a like or just, I don't know, a DM if you appreciate the things that I do. I would, I would appreciate that as well. But yeah, look, keep an eye out for an album. Uh, the title of the album I do already have, which you will appreciate. It's called Behold Her Dreams, which is <laughs> kind of like Beholder Dreams. Um, and I named it that because if you know, you know. And, uh, <laughs> but if not, if not, it's just cool. Behold her dreams. That, behold her dreams. And it's, it's basically like a way to say, I've, I've done a bunch of stuff. College Humor, Geek and Sundry, Nerdist, um, BuzzFeed, uh, um, Attack of the Show, all of that stuff. And I, I've never really had anything that was just mine. And that's kind of has been a dream of mine, a saving throw even. Like I just wanted my own thing. So that's my dream is to be kind of a creative entrepreneur. And this is my first independent um, uh, money-making uh, creative endeavor. So that's why it's called that. But also Beholder Dreams, be when beholders dream, they actually create uh, physical nightmarish things and yeah. and that's i just i just love the idea that that a beholder dream is a physical object and so i'm I, that's how i'm considering my album is like i don't know it's this amalgamation of all kinds of things that are amy vorpal so here's this album is a beholder dream i guess because i dreamed it up and now it's the monster that it is that, that's you awesome know, it, it's the perfect title uh, can't go wrong with that <laughs> thank <Yeah>. you <laughs> It's a great play on words. Well, awesome. Go check out Amy's stuff. Yeah. Check out all the things. 
<laughs> Thank you. Watch for the Kickstarter. Yes. Kickstarter coming. Um, that'll be that'll be really cool, and uh, we will certainly be looking forward to checking that out when it does. Um, as always, uh, before we end our show, we usually talk a little bit about uh, the games that we have going on. So, Ben, I'll turn it over to you yeah. real fast. Well, really fast. Nothing's going on. <laughs> um, real life jumped up uh, for pretty much every game that I'm in. So, how many what? is that? Um, technically three. Oh, well, actually, no. Actually, actually, three. Um, because actually, Ryan and I are in a uh, a, a persistent campaign podcast, mm-hmm. and then I run one, and then I play in one. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, weren't able really to do much uh, recently. So, um, you did have a plus five last night. Yes, we did. We did and that was and that was fun. That was cool. <laughs> um, but Amy, are you uh, in any games running anything right now? The I'm not right now. I did the last thing I did was a two parter where I did run Candlekeep Deconstruction, and that was uh, that ended a, a little over a week ago. Um, with the dungeon run. So that was my first time running it and they did great. And so cool. they were out of control and it ended in just a glorious way. They loved the skitter widgets. And um, yeah, there was like, there were ways that I tied things in that I wasn't expecting. So it was, it was, it was juicy for me as well. Very and cool. you can see that actually on YouTube, if you search for the dungeon run and I think uh, candle keep deconstruction with all K's. <laughs> all case perfect <laughs> yeah that's a great show too i mean if uh yeah, anybody Dungeon hasn't seen really any of the other episodes as well like it, it's a good series to watch Definitely and they're very family it. friendly they don't mm-hmm. they don't curse they don't do anything they don't do anything beyond pg-13 and they they really try to stick to pg so it's never going to be anything i mean kids kids will be just fine watching that mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that leaves uh, Ryan. We know well, that I got the big one this week. <laughs> oh my you God. did something. So. I did. I did. I did stuff. Holy crap! This was this was uh, a year and a half in the making. The probably the most I've prepped ever for anything. Oh wow! It was a eight-hour session and a six-hour combat. Oh. Yeah, I was I was very fried at the at the end of it. It was <laughs> I, I ran we we ran like uh, there's five NPCs on their side, uh, a multitude of skeletons, uh, the avatar of the blood god. Uh, I I pulled in um, Kroll and Torogar from Joe Manganiello's stuff, Avernus into into my world. Uh, except in my world, they're they're demons, and the, this this it's it's a huge culmination of the second arc of my campaign that hilariously started over two years ago with our cleric not deciding not to go fix a problem in his home city. They were on their way to do it, and he decided to ignore it, and then that problem over the six or eight months year in game time turned into this whole giant thing with cults and taking over the city and summoning the, this huge avatar of this demon God that the party then now like eight levels later, they were level 12 uh, and they hit level 13 afterwards that they went and fought this whole huge thing. uh, Very harrowing. And it ended up like, I don't know how I did it, but the balance ended up being 
pretty pretty decent wow. uh all things all things considered like a oh, 19 two 12s tons of skeletons all three of the bosses had legendary actions like it was it was absolutely nuts but the players did such a great job everyone had so much fun and it part of it was energized because we were all together again like there's there's nothing like being in person it was hilarious i think i had tweeted at you earlier this week when you were talking about uh seeing people again in like in <laughs> awkward, the awkward yeah the I'm awkward social like... interactions <laughs> and it's just like i sat down and we all sat down at the table and for a minute we just kind of all looked at each other like what are we doing <laughs> yes. like, is this is this really happening and so like for me it took me it took me like 15 or 20 minutes to really just get rolling and just like okay okay how yeah how be human how be yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. how how to dm so my hands are doing weird things why are they yeah, doing this? The, the, the nervous excitement type type yes stuff that, that always happens but it finally got rolling and we all had just we all had a, a super good time and uh, the players hit me up afterwards and that was such a great session we loved it that was great combat and and players just just as an fyi tell your dms how much you appreciate your sessions because it means the world yeah it really really does does. it really does as a dm to get that feedback from your players i mean it's like doing stand-up because you're writing and performing Mm -hmm. it all there's nowhere to hide there's just there's nowhere to hide you it's like well, there's, I, I can't blame this on anyone. I clearly planned all, I, like I, I prepped this. So if you guys are having yeah. a good time, like I take the credit and the blame. There's nowhere, yep. there, there's no one, yeah, nowhere no, beyond me for between. this. Yeah. Yeah, but it, lots of smart decisions. It looked really bad in the middle. Uh, and, but no, it, it turned out, it turned out really good. And okay. we're gonna go into a big multi-month downtime thing and figure out what they wanna do next because this is the highest I've ever run a game before mm-hmm. like what level thir- they, they just hit 13 and so this is this is the highest i've ever ever run or ever played in a campaign and so yeah. we're 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 getting there and so this is kind of just the figure it out <laughs> figure yeah. it out as you go thing balance as you go thing mm-hmm. it's it's fun but again like I said, at the end of the day if you are having fun and your players are having fun you're doing it right so absolutely i'm i'm very proud of them it was it was a fun culmination of everything it was fun getting to like hug people like <laughs> post post vaccination hug people seriously again. oh yeah. my gosh it's so fun biggest thing i'm looking forward to yep very much so well again amy thank you so much for, for coming for on. it's been a pleasure talking oh and chatting with you yes two of my favorite topics dungeons and dragons and myself <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad we could accommodate uh but ben before we go why don't you tell everybody where we can be reached of course um if you're looking for me you can find me on twitter i am at ben bumhoffer if you're looking for ryan you can find him on twitter also at uh tbkzord of course the show at dn discussions super simple because it's the name of our show um on top of that if you're looking for any other episode that we've ever done, you can find them on dndiscussions.com as well as on your podcast player of choice. So basically, if you're listening to us right now, guess what? That's where the rest of them are. Really easy to find. Uh, now, if you have any questions, comments, uh, want to tell us about you know, some of your games that are going on in a long form, go ahead and send those to us in email. That's dndiscussions at gmail.com. And of course, again, shout us out on Twitter. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, 
man, Ben and Ryan, they have no idea what they're talking about. I bet they don't even play. Well, guess what? We do, because you can listen to us on Plus 5 to Hit. Uh, it is our persistent campaign, so check it out. We're running through Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, and boy, oh boy, is it fun, and it's the first time I've played a bard, and I'm just going to keep saying how great bards are, and I love them. So, yes. Bards are wonderful. <laughs> bards are wonderful. I love bards. Uh, well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Again, thank you, Amy. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and as always, we will see you next time. Yep. And until then, be good to each other. Be good to each other. You know what? That might be your sign-off, but here's mine. Ask yourself the questions a vet would ask of your dog, and that's the best way to take care of yourself. How much water are they getting? What's their diet like? Are they going outside? Is their nose wet? Are they having social time with other dogs? Yeah, other people? (laughs) Are they being left alone too much? Yeah. Have you hugged your dog today? What's their poop look like? (laughs) Always check. (laughs) That is an important one. Oh. What a great sign off. We'll just end it yeah. there. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's <pretty> perfect. <laughs>